Movies by Minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time. That's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Let's settle up now, kids, because here we go. Howdy, and welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes host examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western Silverado, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane, uh, the producer of this uh, monstrosity, <laughs> and uh, I also uh, am a host on the uh, Rocketeer Minute, the Apollo 13 Minute, and a couple of other minutes. And I'm Brian Lockhart from the Marine Corps Movie Minute and a few others and apparently several weeks of this podcast as well. Yeah, go figure. They keep, you know, they keep pulling you back in. Right. So, uh, well, that or I'll find a way back on anyways. Yeah, I know this, this, this movie, this movie, you don't, you don't hate exactly. I understand. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, this, uh, this is minute 101, like we were saying, and uh, it starts with uh, Mal doing a, gosh, he should have gotten a job at Ringling Brothers with that throw with the knife. And uh, it uh, it most of the minutes taken up with uh, uh, Linda Hunt and Kevin Klein uh, chatting with each other in an empty but incredibly well lit saloon. Uh, uh, this is this is where it looks like a stage play to me. I mean, there's not there's very little action at all in this scene, but uh, it it comes across as uh, you know something you could see put on a stage. I think. Um, now that's funny you mentioned it specifically as a stage play because I know like when I did uh, uh, you know Marine Corps movie minute you know Heartbreak Ridge there's a scene between um, I'm blanking on on the actress's name right now but Aggie was Clint Eastwood's wife in the the character and in, in there and they were in a saloon as well and they were having like this cathartic moment and that's how we just described it the whole time was it's like a stage play because you can put really two good really good actors in a room. And just let them go and it's perfect it's perfect <laughs> yeah yeah and, and these these two are you know definitely pros and they're just gosh they're between the two of them they're both eating up the scenery i mean it's a lot of uh there's a lot of looking and drinking and looking and drinking and uh it, it, revealing a lot of uh background on both of the characters i mean you've got uh you know stella is Stella is like Sherlock Holmes here, figuring everything there is to know about uh, Peyton, the worst poker player in the world. Um, well, she's studying the whole time he's pouring. That was the first thing I know, noticed about this minute. He's just watching him. And it's kind of fun to watch her watch him because he's he's doing the action of pouring, but he's mostly just kind of almost pouting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and she, you could see that she's just watching and kind of thinking like, all right, how am I going to approach this? Yeah, she's, um, it, there's a, there's a, uh, one of my favorite lines from, uh, the, uh, Paul Newman movie, uh, the color of money. Paul Newman is a, is a hustler, he's a pool hustler. And he says that he's a student of human moves. And I think Stella, like any good bartender is a, a student of human moves. I mean, she's reading every little, you know, eyebrow twitch that Payton's doing here. And uh, she has him all sorted out in uh, less than 10 seconds. Um, and Maybe she should have been the one who was uh, running the, the gambling then. She, you know, yeah, she could yeah, <laughs> read yeah. the players. Yeah, and yet she couldn't figure out how to get out of Cobb's uh, clutches. So it's, uh, but then we wouldn't have a movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know what? She's playing the long game because 
because it looks like she's formulating a plan right now of just how to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, uh, and, and she, she's, she says the world is what you make of it, which is a, another great, she's had, she's like a walking fortune cookie. I mean, she's got so many, so many different things she drops down, you know, you make the world fit you, which is why she has that, that nice little ramp behind the, uh, uh behind the bar there. So, uh, you know, indeed the world is what you make of it. She has the, she's the midnight star. So it's obviously somehow she had some say in the, uh, in the construction or the, the takeover of this bar. That's, that's one of those background things I've always wondered about this film is what's her relationship to Cobb? How did, how did she fall into Cobb's circle? Yeah, that, I, you know, I never really thought about it and that would be a great backstory if they ever wanted to do like a prequel, but um, it, 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 she doesn't seem like she should be somebody that would be running with him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't get, I mean, he seems to be in the circle of lots of shady characters and even, I mean, her shadiest deal is watering down the rot gut in the back, in the back room. So I, you know, but that, that would be expected from somebody running a saloon in the old West. I don't know, like she's without, she's without security. You know, she's this, uh, she's kind of like what Rosanna Arquette could wind up being. And, uh, you know, she, she's got a lot of uh, street smarts in her, although she's finding herself in a trap. Although, I, I know I'm using a lot of all those here, and I, I keep thinking she's letting herself be trapped by Cobb because she's using Cobb to her advantage. Um, yeah, she, she has a fairly respected, you know, she, she's got a respectable position as far as this town um, with him. My, my guess is, she probably got in with him. He recognized her intelligence, her tenacity, all that good stuff. Thought she'd be perfect to kind of, you know, run this bar. Um, however, you know, as, as I think people have mentioned before, he's charming as all get out. You don't necessarily know that he's, you know, running with a bad crowd. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, we do now, but you could, you could easily fall into his, um, his charm, you know, early yeah. on. And and she could have been like, yeah, no, I, I could, I love to do business with him. And then she's like, oh, right, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's kind of, I'm kind of trapped now. It's too late to get out. It's it's not that easy. I keep wondering. I mean, my head canon is saying that she she wound up with Cobb because of Kelly. That's I, I get the feeling like she wound up being responsible somehow for Kelly, and then Kelly got suckered in, you know, like Jack and the Beanstalk style. He got, you know, we got to come with me. This guy's got magic beans and he's got a saloon. He can get you a job and blah blah blah. So she went in protecting Kelly, and now she's without Kelly because Kelly was, yeah, he just not not very strong willed or he's he's hot headed but not thinking. Yeah, I think Cobb called him chicken, and then he said nobody calls me chicken, and then it yeah. was the whole thing. So. <laughs> Yes, they pull that frisbee out, and um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's all. Gosh, that would be great if that were all in the same universe. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think Stella could know Doc Brown. That would be an intriguing thing. Right. But uh, I I I keep wondering how did yeah how, where did Stella come from? And the only the only explanation I can think of is is Kelly. I, I don't know. Of course, we don't know anybody else in town. So could she be like, you know, a cousin or like, I'm thinking Kelly might've had 
Kelly might have been Stella's brother-in-law or something, and Stella's sister died, and she wound up with uh, she wound up with Kelly after the sister died. Yeah. Um, there's all all kinds of possibilities, but you know, if we ever get Lawrence Kasdan on the show, we'll have to ask him. <laughs> uh, um, but we're you know we're deep in the we're deep in the the second act, um, and there there won't be resolutions for for a long time to come. But I, I, you know, it, it's, it's fascinating how this is kind of a pause. It, it, it's almost like you're getting, it's like before you're going to the commercial break, you're getting somebody sitting down and giving you a lot of exposition about here's the stakes involved that we've, that we've set up. And here's why Payton can't do stuff. And here's why Stella can't do stuff. And here's why Cobb's winning. And, uh, and we're going to get that pretty much for the rest of the week uh, on this. So it's uh it's kind of a slow moving uh week for us but still lots of uh not too over the top exposition uh i mean i I like the way it's done i i like the way you know when she says you know about the world is what you make of it you know it's just how much you could see on hit on payton's face just how much he respects her yeah and and again i I like you put two good actors in a room together and i i mean a conversation of like you said an exposition dump more or less of this is where we are. This is maybe how we're going to set up the third act, but it's done well, you know, with, with, like you said, with looks and just a few, few little lines of dialogue. Yeah. Lots of, yeah. Lots of, uh, my dad used to call these eyeball movies where they just keep shifting back and forth the camera between two different sets of eyeballs. Um, but yeah, it's, and they're both, they're both professionals that are giving each other the space to do that action, the, the, the acting without moving around. Um, it's, uh, you get the, I mean, just looking at still frames in this, even though they're acting, you can tell they're like, this is great. This is what I got into, uh, motion pictures for. I want to, I want to act against this person because they, they know what they're doing and I, I, I'll look better <laughs> letting them do what they're doing. Uh, wow. Well, uh, I think that's about all I can get out. I, I do like the, uh, the use of deep focus is the other thing in here that nice that incredible you know greg tolan kind of a feel with the the bar that goes on for miles behind uh behind payden and the just out of frame light source that's shine you know that's kind of shining down from the corner uh very moody very almost noir kind of a, a look to it so uh nice nice cinematography and as it has been in just about every frame of this movie it's like watching uh looking at a bunch of uh, remington prints so um that's all I've got for uh, for 101. Can you think of anything else? I I might be missing something, but that's more. No, I I think the only thing that I really noted was there is um in in the script anyways, it looks like there's a when they're going kind of back and forth about um you know, pushing around and stuff like that and and you know, discussing their situation. Stella slides a whiskey bottle back to him almost like the balls in your court at least in the script. And that doesn't yeah. happen on screen. And I don't think it's necessary. The way it happens on screen, I think is better. I don't think you need that little, like I'm challenging you and I'm pushing the whiskey bottles. So, you know, but you don't need that visual. The two of them are handling this just fine with their looks and their words. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't hire the whiskey bottle. You hire the actor and they, <laughs> they can just do it with an eyebrow. It's uh, it's really something to, to see in here and uh surprising they didn't get 
you know, this wasn't more of Oscar bait than than anything else. It uh, it really it this is this is what you look for in actors. Just that, and even though I mean we're reading different emotions into them, they're doing that uh, that whole. Um, I was it Scott McCann that talked about in comics that less the less you show of emotions or things and, and letting letting people draw draw their own emotions on the faces mm-hmm. that you see. I think that translates well in film that you're it, you're by them not saying anything or being emotionless, you're letting the audience paint the emotions on them. Uh, yeah, but, it kind of makes it almost interactive that yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, very uh, very rewatchable too. As, as oh we yeah. No, yes. <laughs> uh wow uh well i th- i think let's let's hold off i mean we're going to be talking about this conversation for most of the week but uh let's hold off on uh on that we'll, we'll bring it up uh tomorrow um gosh brian you know we hear you we hear you so much on here where else can people listen to uh to your dulcet tones about movies well uh my home uh podcast is the marine corps movie minute podcast where i'm doing movies of the marine corps one minute at a time such like this um, but I also have a reoccurring couple reoccurring gigs right now. I'm doing Hamilton shot by shot with my daughter, where we're going through Hamilton one song at a time. And an excellent and I show also, it is. It's, I've, oh. I've been listening to it. Yeah, very, very good. I do like oh, it. Appreciate it. And the, um, the, the other one I do is kind of more of a monthly show. And that is Marvel events, timeline podcast with Travis Bow, where we're just uh, reviewing Marvel comics one event at a time. Wow. Well, great. Well, th- thanks again for taking up this week. We were we were going to have some other people on, but uh, everybody gets their schedule switched toward the end here. So, uh, but I do I do appreciate you jumping in and uh, and taking the helm on the, on this thing. It's it's been a big help. But and you know you, <laughs> and, and also coming back tomorrow, please do. So, uh, any, for for people uh, listening to the show, we would love to uh, uh, hear from you. Are uh, always available on social media at the uh, uh, the Midnight Star, the uh, uh, Facebook. Uh, uh, Silverado listeners group that's out there on Facebook. Just look for uh, the Midnight Star, and, and you can find us also on Twitter at uh, Silverado MXM. MXM, of course, stands for Movies by Minutes, of which we are both a part of. Uh, but here, why don't you uh, uh, check us out there? We'd love to hear back back from you on any of the social media. If you're listening to us now, you probably found us somewhere. But we are also available on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify. Uh, Google Play and a whole bunch of other places. Chances are, wherever you found this podcast, you can uh, find us there too. So, uh, so please sign up and, uh, and get the next, uh, the, well, the remaining minutes you can get, all the previous minutes too, uh, hot and fresh every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, we will see you again here uh, tomorrow on the uh, on the Silverado Minute. In the meantime, yeehaw! Yeehaw! <laughs>